This episode of Wizards Breakaway is brought to you by TheAthletic.com. And also, Greg and Ryan being up for like 20-something plus hours and traveling forever. and We just didn't want to miss an episode, okay? All right? Stop yelling at me. We did as much Ranger talk as possible. We go into some baseball. We talk about the trip a little bit. Our shortest episode in a while, we're both zombies. But we wanted to be here for you on Tuesday morning. I still love you, and I hope you love us. All right, here we go. Hey, Bush Rebecca fans, welcome to another week of the Bush's Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. I am here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan, and we've been traveling for 19 hours. Greg, say hello. Uh, yeah, at least you're done traveling. Barrow, how far away from Omar are we? Uh, live report from live live report from Living Aaron in the car currently. Yeah, yeah, we got we got at least another hour and a half, I think. If it makes you feel better, I'll be immediately editing this and then posting it afterwards. So it's sort of like I'm still working. Uh, I, I, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Just, I'm just trying to make you feel better about your hour and a half. I'm not. I'm not. Well, I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't know. Words, English, language. Greg's, what Greg's saying right now, I couldn't agree with more. Uh, we've just gotten home from a, a lengthy Euro trip, uh, which was very enjoyable, but also tolling on the body. Is that a correct English? I'm not sure. Probably not. Um, so today we'll be kind of going over the games we watched, which was none. We'll be talking about some of the things that happened in Rangers Town while we were gone, which seems to be actually a, a decent amount. And, uh, We'll have a better takes and we'll be more in the right state of mind next week, I'm sure. But to start things off, uh, right off the bat, two players got injured while we were gone, Greg, and those two players are Kevin Shattenkirk and also Quickie, Mr. Jasper Fast. Uh, both will be out two to four weeks. A separated shoulder for Kevin Shattenkirk and upper body injury for, uh, our Mr. Quickie over there. Now, the one thing, good, one good thing about the quickie injury, if there is anything, is that Leas might actually see some actual playing time instead of getting benched. I know that Quinn came out and said while we were in Europe, uh, they, they're, it's a lot of pressure putting on Leas Anderson right now. They know he was the seventh overall pick and they have to get him right. Uh, I'm not sure why they would send him down to the HL. I feel like the whole point of this year and what we've talked about all year has been playing the kids. That's the entire point of the year. Um, so I guess that's the one absolute bright spot for Jesper Fast getting hurt, if you can even call it that at this point. Yeah, I don't know. I'm totally fine if they send Anderson back down. He just needs to play. If he's just going to get scratched in New York, I don't want him in New York. So if Fast is going to be out for two to four weeks, fine. Um, if uh, if when Fast comes back, Anderson's not going to play. He should be in Hartford. He should be playing every night. I don't give a fuck where he's playing. He I don't play every night. I don't care either. You can't have him play seven minutes a game. You just can't do it. It's it's you have to develop that kid to see what you can get out of him. I know that the topic uh, of Elias Anderson and what his ceiling is is very uh, hot and driven at all points in time. Where they people are saying he's never going to be X or he'll can do this or maybe he'll be that. Who knows? But I, all I know is that the kid needs to play. Uh, Shattenkirk actually being injured is also not great, but McQuaid is coming back soon. That allows Brandon Smith to get back in the lineup. And uh, I actually recently found out from the drive home today that Brandon Smith continued to fight everyone and probably not play good defense. Uh, we lead the league in fights or tied for the league in fights now with the Boston Bruins, and Brandon Smith is probably still a train wreck, and I'm sorry that I led everyone onto that train that crashed over a burning bridge. 
Yeah, he still sucks ass. So does McQuaid, though. Yeah. But McQuaid, you might be able to trade. McQuaid, you're, you might actually get something back. I think that was the whole point of the trade in the first place. Uh, we'll see what Gordon had up his sleeve there. But the Brendan Smith value town train is gone. Uh, I do not believe we'll be getting any value for him in the future. Let's quickly go over some of the games uh, we missed while we were gone on vacation. Last week we did a best of episode, so we weren't able to hit some of the games. But we'll talk about them very quickly. We got. Uh, we love going to overtime. It's the number one thing the Rangers love to do. I don't know why they can compete with teams, but they can't finish teams off. Actually, I do know why. They're lacking talent, and the only reason they can do that is because Henrik Lundqvist is very good at hockey. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, that's accurate. Okay, good. Uh, so the Rangers beat the Florida Panthers thanks to a Mr. Kevin Hayes shootout goal uh, when, uh, I believe, Nemestikov scored with uh, very few seconds left, but it was determined to be a hand-glove goal. And at that point, they went to the shootout, which is everyone's favorite way to settle a hockey game. And Hayes' trade value continued to rise as he uh, was still another phenomenal hockey player. We then went on to the rain, the Lightning game where we got absolutely shithoused. Then we let up a 3-0 lead to the Coyotes. And wouldn't you know it, Derek Stepan scored the winning goal. It feels like he scores every single time. Then we played a game just very recently against the Golden Knights. A game we studied and we should not have been in the first place. We were outplayed the entire game, but yet we went to overtime once again. Long story short, if you're a former Ranger, you probably score against us, unless your name is uh, Howden. Not Howden. Oh, my God. Holden? Jesus, it's been a long trip. Uh, and I, I believe even Keith Yandel scored against us while we were gone. So it's been a long – it hasn't actually been a long time since the Rangers went 9-1-1. One, and one. But I will tell you, Greg, it has not been great since we left. Yeah, I don't know. Almost makes it sound like uh, people were getting ahead of themselves when the Rangers won nine of eleven games. Certainly, crazy. I, certainly, I was one of them. Crazy. Yep, I you sure were. Certainly, why? You know, hand up. You got to eat crow when you're wrong. And uh, I, I, it's weird to look at this team. Not that I watched a lot of these games. I seriously, guys, um, I watched a lot of highlights. I was in Europe, obviously, and. It's weird to see this team go to overtime against all these different teams, but they can't finish it off or can't put their foot on the neck. And the only reason they get, they're staying in this game is probably Henrik Lundqvist. I, I can't make up any, any other decision at this point as to why they would be doing this. Uh, he's probably the only player on the ice making that determination. I mean, now that Buchnevich is back, Hayes is playing well. I know that Nemestikov is back now, or he was back right before we left. Um, so the team has regained some firepower, but I, I believe the plane will be going down and burning flame from this point on. The defense, the defense is bad. The defense has never been good. When the defense is bad, good hockey teams can't make up for bad defense. So it's what it is, guys. I'm just stunned people are surprised by it. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, are people surprised that we're losing? Is that a thing? I haven't really been, you know, yeah, paying attention it, too much. It seems like it. It seems like people got ahead of themselves, and they all of a sudden were saying, you know, there's a chance the Rangers can make playoffs. The Rangers suck. The Rangers are wrong with being a bad team. No, the Rangers are supposed team. to be. They're supposed to be bad. We knew they were going to be bad. They let the letter out for a reason. They came out and said, guys, we're going to be bad. It's going to be an awful team. Yeah, don't don't pretend like you weren't one of the people that got ahead of yourselves when they were I was. Well, though. I definitely was, and I'll, I'll if they if they play well again, I'll be excited. But I didn't. I don't ever think I and I will go to my grave saying this unless someone goes and gets me a quote of me saying it, which would be very embarrassing. Um, I, I never said this team would make the playoffs, and I have always said I do not want them to make the playoffs. And I know that's anti-fan, um, but I, I'm I'm excited when the team wins. I can't help it. 
But I, I, I was excited for the I, – I think I said all offseason even. I was like, I don't think this team is that bad. Um, I'm not. I'm still not sure this team is that bad. I still think this team has talent. But truly, uh, recently has not been a good showing for, for this team whatsoever. I just don't think it's a bottom five team. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. The, the upcoming game – I haven't I haven't had enough time to pay attention to how the other teams are doing recently. Um, but it might, it, it's, it's a bottom five defense, so anything's possible. That's uh, absolutely true. The upcoming games for the Rangers don't look so great. Today, if you're listening to this, uh, the Ducks visit MSG, and that could probably be a loss. Then this Saturday, don't play again until Saturday against the Maple Leafs, where we'll, that will be very fun. I can only imagine what the score will be. And then we could actually maybe steal a win on this Sunday against the Flyers, who have now been cursed by their mascot, Gritty, um, and have gone had had their. Would you say the Flyers are having a season from hell? Uh, considering expectations, yeah. I'm not saying I, I don't know if anyone really had them as like a top three team in the Metro, but I I think almost everyone had them as a uh, playoff contender. And it's never a good thing when you fire a GM and then fire your coach, and you fired your coach after denying that you were firing your coach. Yeah, they're they're a fucking mess. Couldn't have happened to a nice bunch of guys. Yeah, no, Philly's a great place, as we've over and over said again on this podcast. Going forward with uh, the defense, I know we said Shattenkirk is out. Are you – when apparently McQuaid is very close to being able to play again. You're sitting Brandon Smith, correct? Uh, well, the report today is that Clayson's going to sit. So Is that serious? I have no idea what – I have no idea what the fuck the Rangers are doing. I, I, if Lynn uh, – I don't know. I'm too fucking tired to go on a big rant about it. Okay, I get it's that. Just, so I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just keep it short and sweet. Yep. If, uh, if David Quinn is unable to handle defensive assignments on his own and he's deferring to Lindy Ruff, um, that is uh, strikes one and two against David Quinn in my mind. That's not great. Um, that was the best too long didn't read of your rant I think you've ever done, and. I, I think we've gone over the Lindy Ruff thing once in a while here. And to have Lindy Ruff make decisions like that when he wasn't part of your original hiring staff, when he's not part of your inner circle guru for all we really know and was part of the old regime. And if you're sitting Clayson, a guy who I thought, and even the analytics show has been pretty good this year, uh, for Brandon Smith, I do not know why you're doing that. Other than management maybe telling you to try and get value for Brandon Smith because of the contract. But at this point, can you even do that? No. The answer, uh, no. The answer is clearly no. I'm with you on that. All right. Uh, on that note, I guess we'll talk a little bit about what's been going on at this maybe this website you've heard of called theathletic.com. It's the holiday season. Heard about it. It's the holiday season, Greg. And one of the best gifts you can give right now is theathletic.com. And one of the best ways you can do that is by going over to theathletic.com slash blue shirts and entering our code, uh, theathletic.com slash blue shirts. And you can give the gift of The Athletic. The Athletic is a subscription-based publisher of Smarter Sports coverage for diehard fans. The model is super simple, everyone. No ads, no pop-ups, no autoplay videos. You guys get over 650 news stories published across all sports every week, including two different stories this week, one being a mock draft of the Seattle team, which is now coming in 2021, Greg, uh, where uh, a person named Eric, and I'm going to mess this up, Dushek, Dushek, I can't, man, I was totally wrong. Sorry, Eric. Uh, goes over what the Seattle team might look like. And then also our good friend Rick Carpinello talks about a player that was really hot on Rangers Twitter as of today, and that's Lieber Hayek and what Lieber Hayek could mean for the Rangers 
and what Lieber Hayek has gone through as a player in the AHL. Lieber seems like a pretty good sport about it, and but other people writing about him, maybe not so much. So go to theathletic.com today. Give the gift of The Athletic to your family for the holiday season or your friends or even as a work gift. Theathletic.com slash blue shirts all undercase. Undercase, lowercase. Wow, geez. All right, back to the show. Now, so uh, speaking of Lieber Hayek, can we just get, it out the, get this out of the way and say this is a guy that should only come up and play when he's ready, which could be two to three years? Yeah, it was just, it's fucking stupid to make determinations about a player after 28 games in the American Hockey League when he's 20 years old, making the jump from juniors, playing up against harder competition, trying to get used to a completely new system and a completely new coaching staff. So to draw any conclusions from what a, a basically child is doing in his first taste, taste of professional hockey is stupid. Straight up stupid. It is very stupid. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go as far as to say fucking stupid. No, that's it's just pretty far for you. Yeah, dude. Prospects, prospects mature at different rates. The examples I used on Twitter today: No Syndergaard at a 4.6 ERA in his first taste of AAA, couldn't command his curveball, wasn't striking people out, didn't didn't exactly blow anybody away. Aaron Judge, his first 61 games in AAA, not great. Hit 224 was a below-average hitter, only had eight home runs and 260 plate appearances, and struck out nearly 30% of the time. It's almost like prospects take some fucking time to get their feet wet. I think the best so way... Maybe, maybe, maybe just fucking relax after 28 <laughs> games, people. Relax. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's see what he does for a whole season. We'll talk about it in the offseason. And yeah. then if, if he doesn't make improvements in year two, now we have something to worry about. But year one... Look, it's exciting that Keandre Miller and fucking Kravstoff are having great seasons. But you know what? Both those guys are having great seasons in leagues that don't match up with the NHL. They might come over and struggle too. They probably will. It happens. They're fucking prospects. Relax. I think the big takeaway from that Rick Carpinello article is that Hayek pretty much said one of the best things about it is being able to be a grown boy and get away from mommy. A.K.A. live on his own, rent and cook for himself at 20 years old. Just goes to show you how young these kids are and what they're going through, no matter what the talent is. Oh, yeah. And my, my criticism, well, that guy's getting fucking pulled over, right? Rest He's going to get fucking, Jesus Rest Christ. in peace, that guy on the road. Holy shit. Um, yeah, my criticism of the Hayek stuff, it's just funny that all the Hayek stuff came out today. because It wasn't just Rick. Rick's piece, I, I admittedly haven't read yet, but... I will, since I have a subscription to The Athletic. Sweet plug. Uh, shout out. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, the Hayek article we read today from uh, Blue Shirt Banter is really the crux of my problem. It's just, ain't time for that shit. Hey, Joe. Yeah. Relax. It's weird that all the same media even, comes out the same day, to be honest. It's weird. Yeah, it's not even the 41 game mark. Like, we're not even halfway through the season. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's not even Christmas. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, people! We'll be next week. Take a take a pill. Go to go to India. Do something else, man. Go to India. Is that where you said to go? Yeah. Um, all right, good. Uh, I think one of the reasons the Hayek everyone's talking about Hayek is that he could be the the unprotected in in the in the Seattle expansion draft that we'll be talking more in depth about in the future for the Rangers. We have plenty of time to cover it's, that. It's, speaking speaking of other things, that I respect what the Athletic is doing being trying to 
pinpoint what players could look like. The Rangers have what, like six players under contract yeah. in 2021? Yep. I mean, it's also premature to think of who they're – oh, yeah, there goes the top. Uh, he got him? He got him? That guy's fucked. Was he, uh, are you guys on the Taconic right now? No, we're on we're on eighty seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that pickup truck is super fucked. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited! I'm so excited for it. Good times. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just you know the Rangers, the roster is going to look completely different in twenty twenty one. We oh, we is Kevin Hayes going to be a New York Ranger? No. Is Pavel Buchnevich going to get extended? Yes. Is Artemi Panarin actually going to be a New York Ranger? I hope so. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist is he going to get a, another one year deal from the New York Rangers? I guarantee that. A lot okay. of lot of lot of a lot of question marks. It's to to try and forecast who the Rangers should or could protect in twenty twenty one. also premature. It's a very premature time for for the Rangers. Uh, usually, I'd have more topics to talk about at this time, but I feel like everything has just been we lose in overtime. I'm glad that Buchnevich is back and, and playing seemingly okay. Seems that some of the players that continue to be okay, at least, as Shea has been a good, Kreider continues his year, Zibby continues his year, uh, everyone else continues being crap. Hayes I, don't, I don't think Shea's, I don't think Shea's been good, but I also haven't watched the games. So I, I don't know what the I'm going off highlights and watching some highlights of Brady Shea. Other than that, I really can't tell you. Maybe he hasn't been as good. I, I know this is a, a, yeah, a very informational Ranger podcast for me and Greg, but we're both literally zombies at the moment. 4 a.m. in our heads. Very good time. Yeah, Kevin Hayes has been great. So that's all that matters. His his trade value is never going to be higher, but they got to make a decision on what they really want to do with them. I did read the and, and that is sorry, go on. No, I would. I mean, January first is the earliest he can sign an extension. So we are getting to a point of will he stay or will he go? And it, I don't. I, it just it it feels like he's going. I I don't have anything to base that off of besides gut instinct, but it sure feels like Kevin Hayes will not be a New York Ranger for much longer. Not that I'm a Boston team expert, and I'm not at all, but I know that the Boston Bruins are eyeing Kevin Hayes pretty hard right now, even though we traded with them twice last year. Um, I'm not sure what's left in their prospect pool or something that we'd like. we definitely like another first rounder. I know that would be the case. Maybe we can get more. Uh, but look for look for Boston to be a big player and Kevin Hayes going forward. I think one of the reasons is he's a hometown favorite. I don't know. Some reason that matters or that's just a media narrative that is out there. Almost certainly now that I say it out loud. Um, I, That's it for the Rangers for the, for us this week. Unfortunately, we didn't get to watch a lot of games. And actually, fortunately, we didn't get to watch a lot of games because we were having a great time. Sorry, guys. We love you all. Uh, is there any other Ranger topic you want to talk about before we go on some nonsense and end this podcast a little short? <laughs> There's the fucker. Hey, he got pulled over on the fucking exit ramp. What a douche. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, he tried. He tried to. He tried to skirt the system. Cops not stupid. Uh, he tried to hide. Is what you're saying? No. Yeah. Well, no. He just he tried to. He tried to run. But uh, uh, an old song I heard once upon a time said, "I fought the law, and the law won." So the law's pretty good at winning. There you go. Yeah. Somehow it ends up being a winner most of the time. Good for Hank. Being, they're not under. They're not undefeated, but their win percentage is high. That's pretty good. Uh, everyone can continue being excited about Keandre Miller yelling about Hayek, uh, liking Hank, and then enjoying Ranger hockey against the Ducks tonight. If you're listening to this, Greg, at this point, we've officially hit the 19 minute mark, and we're out of Ranger material. Would you like to talk a little, um, a bit of baseball for a little, for a couple minutes before we get out of here? 
I mean, we can. That's what you want to do. I feel I like I feel like ending twenty hour and ten minutes now. I feel like ending twenty minutes is bad form for us, considering we've gone over an hour for over like six months now. Yeah, but we did warn people this was going to be a shorty. We did, and uh, I do apologize. We'll be back as normal schedule next week. Um, let's just go into it because I know this is something you will talk about. Wilson Ramos is now a Met. Mostly, I think that's interesting because I think he's a particularly good catcher and was a Ray recently. Uh, the Real Mudo, I don't know, signing uh, or trade trade rumors have were a theme throughout the European vacation. Did not materialize. Uh, I heard I read a rumor yesterday that was Noah Syndergaard for Real Mudo was on the table. And the Mets said no. I'm really happy the Mets said no at that point. I'm assuming you agree. I do. Uh, yeah, we talked. There, there was too much Real Mudo for my uh, European experience, if you ask me. There weren't, weren't enough window shopping and a little bit too much JT. But uh, the, Wilson, the, the Ramos contract is kind of unbelievable how favorable it is to the Mets. It's only two years. It's only $19 million total. I was surprised it was only two years. I was surprised it was only $19 million total. I figured a guy without a qualifying offer attached to him, and, I I mean, Rondahl had such a shitty October that you could make the case that Ramos was – he was no worse than the number two catcher available, but you could make an argument that he was the number one catcher available. So for him to get less than $10 million annually – without draft the compensation attached to his name is kind of unbelievable. I think the draft really compensation is the biggest part. I, I read that one of the reasons the Mets didn't want to do Grandal is because you'd have to give some draft com- uh, compensation, and they also wanted four years. Well, it was, it, so it, it's, it's, uh, it's the highest draft pick outside the first round and $500,000 of international signing bonus money. Yeah, no thanks. So the Mets didn't want to do that. And it sounded like Grandal wants four years. Yeah, he wants four years, yeah. So yeah, those were those are all things the New York Mets did not want to do, and fine by me. I'm completely satisfied with Wilson Ramos. I got no complaints. What did you think of, uh, if if you have any thoughts at all, of, of the JA half signing by the Yanks? Uh, two, two, three years. The last year is a option uh, based on performance. I believe it's like 26 starts or some some amount of innings. Uh, it's a good amount of money. I think they gave him like 14. I have to double check, but that seems like a lot for half who's. 36 going into, it'll be 39 by the end of the contract. Uh, I, I think it's just, uh, in my opinion, signing half means the Yankees aren't really shopping for other starting pitchers. And to me, that feels like a mistake. It feels foolish, right? Like, I, I know that Paxton's a Yankee now. I know we talked about on this Yeah, but Paxton, Paxton's got a longer injury history than just about every New York Met, and that's really hard to do. Yeah, uh, that is really hard to do. I, I, I think it's, I think it's irresponsible to say James Paxton was the only starting pitcher the New York Yankees needed in order to catch the New York, the Boston Red Sox. I, yeah. I, I just don't think that's the case. I 100% agree. I believe they still need another pitcher. I know they've been linked to the Japanese pitcher that's coming over, possibly. Not that I remember his name. Uh, but they're, they're linked to everyone. Okay. It, was it's that? like Kikuchi or something. It's probably yeah. great. We're so good at this. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's a he's, but he's a roll of the dice too because for every for every Masahiro Tanaka, there's an there's another Keigawa. It's not so, like Tanaka's been amazing yeah. either. <laughs> it's been he has no, but I do wonder how I do wonder how much of Tanaka is the fact that he he's his elbows fucked and the Yankees are just throwing him out there with a fucked elbow. 
Well, he never he refused to get that second surgery, right? That was the kind of deal, and he kind of naturally re- yeah, rehabbed it. I mean, but at the same time, Tanaka is the exact reason why the Yankees need another starting pitcher. 100%. As, as high as you can be on Severino and as excited as you can be about Paxton, the New York Yankees are a starting pitcher short. Oh, also, the New York Yankees don't really have a bullpen right now. Yeah, it's, that, It would help if they also address that. They have the Patances and Chapman, and after that, not so much, huh? It's, uh, no, it, it's, it's stunning that the Mets have been more active this offseason than the Yankees have. I, here's a good question. Have, has anybody been more active than the Mets? Because it seems like no. Uh, the Mariners? Mm, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, the, the yeah, the Mariners, they, they've shipped out Segura, Diaz, Cano, Paxton. Um, they acquired Carlos Santana just to ship him out again. Back to Cleveland. Yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd say the Mariners are your, your team that's been the most active. But at the same time, the Mets needed to be fucking active because – even with everything the Mets have done, they still don't have a center fielder, and they still don't have a reliable left-handed pitcher in their bullpen. Um, so part of uh, part of the reason why the Mets, I think, were so happy with the Wilson Ramos contract is because it's just not eating any money, so they can continue to shop. I believe which they need to do. Uh, is AJ Pollock maybe the most Mets player of all time? I mean, if you want a thirty-year-old outfielder who's guaranteed to get injured, uh, yeah. That's AJ Pollock. It just feels like a nice fit for they, you. They uh, after the Mets signed Ramos, people started mentoring your mystery options. I have no idea what that means. It's not Bryce Harper. People need to stop saying the name Bryce Harper. Uh, Bryce Harper Bryce is Bryce Harper. A, for is, all we know, he's a Dodger. He's a, he's a Dodger. He's a Dodger. Yeah, I was wrong. I thought he'd be a Cub, uh, but Bryce Harper is a Dodger. It seems that he'll be a Dodger, and the only other team he'll play for is the White Sox. But the White Sox rumors have been. They don't want to break the bank for Harper and Machado, which I guess is okay, but I don't know. Machado. I, I, well, I, I thought they want to. They would feel more comfortable breaking the bank for Machado. I guess so. The Yankees are going to meet with him on Wednesday, yeah. and I think he'll be in pinstripes by next week. But we'll see. I'm just if I'm if I'm the Mets if I'm the Mets, I'm super curious about what's going on with Yasiel Puig. That's that's where my headspace would be at. I think that's a great way to to go go about that because. The Dodgers are going to have way too much outfielding. Way too much. They're not going to be able to play like three of their best guys because it's going to be a, well, a and, real and crowded the report, the report out there is the Harper deal's done. They're just not going to announce it until they trade Puig. That's correct. So Puig is, Puig is more than just sort of available. He's, we got to move this fucking guy because we need to make an announcement. Very available. Been an interesting uh, hot stove. I think this has been one of the more active hot stoves in the past two, three years. Well, I don't know. I mean, compared to last year, last yeah. year was a snores bill. So last year was terrible. so depressing that anything would look more active than last year. But. Wasn't the biggest signing last uh, year Edwin and Carcion, and now is he? He's not on that team anymore, correct? <laughs> no, I think Encarnacion was two years ago. I think last year was Carlos Santana. Jesus, that's terrible. Uh, but I mean, as active as this offseason has been, there's still a shit ton of free agents out there. I mean, Machado and Harper haven't signed. Uh, your bullpen, Andrew Miller, Zach Britton, Craig Kimbrell, they're all available. Um, A.J. Pollock hasn't signed. Yasmani Grandal hasn't signed. There's a lot, of, there's a lot of good talent the, out there still somehow. I don't know who the number one starting pitcher is that hasn't been signed, though. Oh, uh, Keiko. It's Keiko's definitely Keiko. Too. Keiko's out there. There's there's a lot of good talent out there. and we'll, It's weird how the ba- baseball used to be a, a 
during the winter meetings, you would say most people would be signed by the end of it, right? We'd have like some stragglers left over, but now it's going to go all the way to spring training. Or we'd, I feel like. we'd at least know we'd at least know um, who the the finalist teams were, and we'd at least know what players. Usually, the trades are done by the end of the winter dead winter meetings, but not anymore. Now it's just like we, February first is when we need to have an idea of everything, which I guess is fair. Like. When spring training starts. Now we wait. Let's spend the next uh, 10 or so minutes before we get out of here uh, talking about darts and soccer. And I know that's what everyone wants to hear about. So we're going to do it because it's what we have to talk about. We went to the World Darts Championship in in London. And you ranked it uh, very highly on your world, uh, world, your live sporting events. Is that correct? Like you had it like <laughs> ridiculously high? Yeah, I just I've never experienced anything like that before. I guess we should describe what but it was I, like. I also the more I th- the more I think about it, the I don't know if I should even call it a sporting event. I don't I don't know what it was, but it was all I know is that everyone should do it. It's a great time. So to to lay the stage for everyone, the World Darts Championship happened at a place called the Alexander Palace in London, and pretty much it's like everyone goes to a stadium. Everyone gets dressed up like a crazy person. They, everyone's in theme costumes. Some people are construction workers. Some people are, like, dressed up as the darts players. Uh, and then everyone in the stadium gets as much beer as possible and chants at each other and screams at each other and has a great time and pretty much cheers and dances for about four hours while also darts are happening. Is that a fair description? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we sat at the tables. And we had people in the in the stands scream at us for most of the time that we're boring tables while drinking beers. And I got to say, there's one thing that Europe really crushes the United States at, and that's chance. Do we have any chance as American sports fans at all? Other than like, okay, so you have Jose, 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 right? That was a big one. Mm. Do we have any other ones? Like, let's go Rangers. I what? I I don't know anything else. No, pot popping sucks. A terrible it's not a chance. It's not a chance. Um, no, I mean, Americans get excited and they start humming Seven Nation Army, and it's the most overrated shit I've ever heard of in my entire life. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Euros just know how to do synchronized chanting better than us. It does, sure. it does make the events much better that everyone is sort of – and if anyone starts to chant anywhere, everyone sings in. Like, you, like our, we had a friend there, Josh, who's from London. And whenever anybody started singing any single word of any single chant, he would, like, get up immediately and start singing the entirety of thing. Like, they, they have, like, 12 to 14 different chants. And then it's – I'm kind of jealous as an American sports fan because we don't really do anything like that. It is some sort of camaraderie that we don't have. It's, it's strange. It makes no, you feel I'm- closer. And when we when we went to the soccer game on Sunday, maybe the most underrated part of soccer games is there's literally the only ambient noise you get in the stadium is people chanting. There's no music going on during the game. There's no effort to pump up the crowd. There's no anything. It's fans doing what fans want to do in order to get fans more active into the game. And it's incredibly underrated. There was, I think the Southampton game we went to might be one of my favorite sporting events of all time. It was, I mean, you're an actual Southampton fan, right? So you have a lot at, more at stake than me. I, I went just to go. Yeah. And Yeah, I mean, 
all, it was just, uh, it's going to be nice talking about this with Aaron in the car because he can't say shit about it. I guess we should say that Aaron, Aaron, A, still alive. B, was an Arsenal fan. C, suffered a large defeat to a team that should not have won. Right. Um, no, that game couldn't have gone more perfectly. Southampton never trailed. They had a late winner. The guy who scored the late winner is the main reason why I'm a Southampton fan. Could not have could not have asked for a better day. The only, I mean, it, it, it fucking rained on us after the game, but there was literally nothing that could rain on my parade, including actual rain. Well, the rain was a big theme of what we were getting done in Europe. But the like you like you were saying about the atmosphere at the soccer game, like there's no. Like, even at baseball games, there's, like, you know, everyone, there's, like, the let's go chance and all that stuff. I'm not, like, like the scoreboard will, will yell at you to start, get loud. There's just nothing at the soccer games except except the crowd that's just chanting and screaming. And it, it's all, it, it just happens so fast despite it being a 90-minute game. It felt like that game was 10 minutes long despite it, us being there and really being into it the whole entire time. It was a, yeah, per- I, it was a perfect situation. I- I think people's opinions of soccer would change if they physically go to a game. It makes. I, I do think. Uh, I think that is a big game changer for people. It makes me want to go to an MLS game, and I can kind of see why the MLS would be so popular. I know that people on Twitter who are big MLS supporters are like, "Oh, the MLS had more stadiums attended than the NFL last year, and all that shit, whatever." And I'm sure it's a great time live, um, and it's growing as it is. I see the appeal. I really do. I'm, I've never been a big soccer fan or football, European football, whatever you want to call it at this point. Um, I've tried multiple times, but that game was very enlightening and totally changed my view on the sport in general. Like, it just changes how you look at it. It's kind of like seeing hockey live for the first time. It's a whole different game. Yeah. And, yeah, like you said, the 90 minutes goes flying by when you're physically in the stadium. It's immediate. Um before we get out of here on our very our shortest podcast in over a year or something like that, uh, what was your favorite part of the trip? Uh, it just it had to be the uh, it it's 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 tough because the soccer game far exceeded my expectations considering I am a Southampton fan. Yeah, but I, that was so. Dart- by the, the way, just just, just, cut, just cut you off for a second on, on the Southampton thing. We should mention Southampton hadn't won at home since last November. Correct. So this was a huge deal. And and the team the team they beat hadn't lost a game in their last twenty two competitions. That's unreal. I can't believe that happened. It, yeah, it and, it had no business happening. And we flew there for it. Uh, yeah, the darts the darts yep. day though, as you were saying, is is a top day of like life in general. Yeah, cause the, the darts was insane. We all went to a bar after the darts. We got to the bar at like 6 o'clock. The bar was insane. We stayed at the bar until 3 a.m. or something. Yeah, some ridiculous uh, time. Yeah, it, dart, darts day is a hard day to top, but I, if a day came close, it was either uh, it was either the Southampton game or the Sistine Chapel night. And I'm, I'm not going to go into details about the Sistine Chapel. Absolutely should not do that. <laughs> Should, should not do that. All right, guys. Uh, shorter. Oh my god, I'm dying. A short, a shorter podcast for us today. I hope you understand. We'll make it up to you. I'm assuming at some point. I love you all. Before we go, Greg, anything else you want to say before I give some plugs and we get out of here? Um, 
Never go full muffin in Amsterdam. Yeah, never eat the full thing. As, as our good, dear Airbnb host would say, I love drugs. Never eat the full muffin. God one plus you. one equals five. That was a – God, and we certainly beat five a lot. We beat five a lot. All right. We're out of here. Love you guys. Follow us on Twitter at Blue Shirts Break, where Greg tweets. I never tweet from Orion Mead, and you can follow us on Instagram too. Love you. Bye. See you next week.